How's everybody doing? I'm getting to see more and more faces are coming back and I'm loving it. And, and if you're visiting with us today, we welcome you. We love you and we are so happy to have you. And we are happy you are in worship with us today. Um, how many are thankful masks are gone? Yeah, but I have to tell you, there have been a couple of times I only met some of you with a mask on. And so you take your mask off and I'm like, oh, that's who that is. So it's really cool to actually see your face. And we are so glad you are here. If you are joining us at home or here today, we are in a new series um, that we're on the third week of called Finding Our Place in God's Story. And I have to tell you, this series has been an interesting journey for me myself in thinking through our sermons and what we are doing because I stop and I go, I don't want to see myself in this story. This isn't the story I want to see myself in. I want to sit and think, oh no, that's not me, that's someone else. But the truth is in every story through this series, we can see ourselves just a little, maybe a lot. Recently, Jeff and I have been redoing the home that we live in. Um, we started just, we knew we were going to take it piece by piece and, and, and refurbish the house. And about six months to eight months before COVID happened, we put in a new AC unit in our house and it flooded. So the area that we were not going to work on because it had just been done, it was the newer area of the house. Well, guess what? That's the area that got flooded. So through COVID and the time prior to that, we have been going through this interesting time of redoing the area we didn't plan, getting it ready to go, and we just finished. Took forever. If you ordered furniture through COVID, then you hear my pain. Well, just recently, we're getting ready to go back to doing the area in our home that we had planned to two years ago to do. And this week, the contractor comes over and sits down with us and goes through the list of, of everything that's going to happen. And all of a sudden, it hit me. I got to clean out all my stuff. I got to clean out dishes. Pot holders. How many people have an excessive amount of pot holders? Like, I don't even know how that happens. But I have pot holders that were my mother's. I think when my mother was a kid, I've got pot holders coming out of the drawer if I'm not careful. Quilt time. It's quilt time. They're too stained, I think. But I'm sitting there and, and the contractor leaves and Jeff and I both just had this glaze over look because we realized this next week we have to clean everything out because they're gutting the whole side of the house. But it made me stop and it made me think as we're going to discuss a story today, it reminded me of how much stuff do I really need? How many, let me tell you another thing I have, I have potholders and bud vases. Jeff opens up a drawer or a, a, a door at the top and I'm like, one, two. I'm like, 
where do these bud vases come from? And I can tell you, here's where it happens. Someone will give me flowers and I can't get rid of the vase. I just can't do it. Almost. But it gives me a memory. But then here's the problem. I've kept so many, I don't remember where I got the vase from anymore. And I'm like, what is happening? All of these vases. Then, when my mother passed away, of course, I took some things that she had left for me. I'm not sure what my mother was doing with nine sets of china. But you know, in in our home, because a lot of people would come to our dining room table, you had a set of china for every season and every occasion. I didn't know that. I just knew mom would say, go get the pink one or the white one or the whatever. And good thing is, mom knew that her daughter, that was probably not where it was at for me. But I still have all of these dishes, Dawn, that I have no idea, but they were mom's. They were Uncle Buddy's. And I have all of this stuff and I'm like, what am I going to do with it? How many of us are sitting in our seat right now and you're going, ooh, mine's not bud vases, but it's cups or it's coffee cups. I might have a bunch of those too. But some of you would sit there and go, yeah, I got a collection. I got a bunch. Today we're going to talk about that. Do we miss the point sometimes? And today we're going to ask ourselves, where do we see ourselves in this story? And if you want to turn to me, we're going to read from Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13. I love this. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, man, who appointed me as judge or referee between you and your brother? Uh Uh-oh. Then Jesus said to them, watch out. Guard yourself against all kinds of greed. After all, one's life isn't determined by one's possessions, even when someone is really wealthy. Then he told them this parable. A certain rich man's land produced a bountiful crop. He said to himself, what will I do? I have no place to store my harvest. Then he thought, y'all getting the idea here? Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. That's where I'll store all my grains and goods. I'll say to myself, you have stored up plenty of goods, enough for several years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, fool. Ooh, and if God says fool, you're in trouble. Because then he says this, tonight you will die. Now who will get the things you have prepared for yourself? This is the way it will be for those who hoard things for themselves and aren't rich towards God. 
Okay, can we all take a deep breath now? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here is what I want you to understand. This is not a story of trying to tell you that rich people are bad and poor people aren't. That's not what this is about. This is about priorities. This is, a, uh, this is a story about a man that was really about himself. This farmer, probably for all practical purposes, would have been a great financial planner. I mean, he knew what he was doing. He knew enough to take care of his crops that he had more than enough. And not only did he have more than enough, but he needed to build a bigger barn in order to store it all. I mean, he knew what he was doing. And in those days when you're reading this, guys, this is a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man. The rich farmer is not a fool in the practical purposes of what we usually say when we say that word. As a matter of fact, he's really a smart man. And because he believes that he can secure his life with his abundant possessions, that's where he goes wrong in south. When the rich man talks in this parable, he talks only to himself. And the only person he refers to is himself. What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years to relax, eat, and it's over retire. To retire. I, 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 oh, and I. The question becomes a hard one, but a part of this series, it becomes in a place that says, well, where do I find myself in this story? If I'm real honest, where do I find myself in this story? Sadly, sometimes it's hard to be honest enough with ourselves to say, yeah, where do I see myself? Now, I'm not saying that this farmer was wrong for saving and preparing. That's an important part of what we do. Every single one of us should have good, honest practices in our lives for our future. Absolutely. That is important. That's not what this passage is saying either. Here's what I am saying. I am saying that when you don't want to be a fool, you have to say, I has to get out of the way. I has to get out of the way. Sometimes in our lives we become so busy surviving that we're surviving for ourselves and we forget to live for others. We're hanging on by the edge of our fingernails, holding on, and we don't feel like in this moment we can take care of anybody else because we're too busy holding on and taking care of ourselves. And what happens is then habits form. And we continue to care for ourselves and we forget about our neighbor. Or maybe we've been hurt and we just don't care. Because the last time I helped someone, they hurt me. This farmer knew success in a big way, yet knew nothing about it all at the same time. Because success for him was a barn full of grain. So much so that let me build a bigger one because that was success. But yet he didn't know real success. For he forgot the main thing, his neighbor. 
He forgot those that worked for him. The stranger that he might have seen that needed his help. Have you ever wondered what it is within us that makes us hold on to things like we do? What it is that makes us afraid of losing whatever we have? Maybe for some, I, I know that, that uh, I had a grandmother that was a hoarder. But my grandmother grew up in poverty, beyond poverty, dirt floors. And when she began to make a little money, she saved every single thing she had ever had. You had to make a path to walk through her house. There are different reasons. But are we afraid of losing our security? Are we afraid of losing our peace of mind? Are we afraid of losing our status? What can bring a person to a place of having so much that they forget about those that don't have anything? One of my favorite quotes is this. It says, when you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a bigger fence. When you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a bigger fence. Maybe the first thing we can remember from this story is to build a bigger table. God's not saying, I don't want you to have a table to eat at. But what he's saying is, if you want to love me, then love your neighbor. Maybe we all see ourselves in this story as realizing that maybe we have gotten so busy sitting at the table too. That maybe we just forgot to make room for others. Adam Hamilton says this, and I loved it. He says, we are never more like God than when we are giving selflessly to others. Because God created us to live in this way, we seldom feel more alive and more joyful than when we are serving, blessing and helping someone else. But this quote got me on the first line when he said, we are never more like God than when we are giving selflessly to others. We really were created to help our neighbor. Just like some way, shape, or form, your neighbor helped you. You are called also to help others. Amen. When I begin to see myself in this story, here's what comes to my mind on, is God deserves more than my leftovers. When I really stop and I think about this story, is I realize that God deserves more than my leftovers, meaning God deserves more than him being down the line of what I think of. God deserves the best. There is nothing more or nothing less. God deserves the best. God doesn't deserve my leftovers or my used products because I'm sick of them. Or something I'm not using anymore or my pity. Because sometimes all I like to give someone is pity is, yeah, I've been there, I'm sorry. God deserves our best. 
And we know when we want to serve God, if we really want to serve God, we're never more like God than when we are taking care of our brother. Because God also deserves my success. God deserves my success. Without him, I would have never been successful to begin with. God deserves your success. There is a season in which life changes and we've been on the mountaintops and we've been in the valleys low. And someone's been there to help us when we've been in the valleys. But are we there when we're on the mountaintops? There is also a reason we call this farmer the rich fool. Even though scripture shows he is definitely not a fool. (laughs) He could farm, he could build, and he could make anything. And he could pay for it. But he has missed that his success is more God's than it is his. This means in pleasing God, we have to care for our neighbors. But it's important to understand that in building a bigger barn, maybe sometimes we go, you know what, why don't I pull a little of that grain out and give to those that help me put it in there? Maybe I pull a little grain out and I give it to that man that I know that is living on the outskirts of the city because he has no home. Maybe I pull a little of that grain out and I give it to the widow woman. Maybe I pull a little of that grain out and I just give it to my neighbor because God said to, and it's not about whether they deserve it or they don't. Maybe it's about me giving it because it's being obedient to what God has called me to do. Now follow me here. Like I said in the opening today, God is not saying it is wrong to be successful. That is not at all what we are saying. What this scripture is saying though is when we forget the true meaning of being successful and we forget that there is a world around us that God calls us to see. And that's capital S-E-E. When we begin to make our lives all about I, 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 we have missed the point. When we gain this whole world, but we lose our own soul. How do you see yourself in this story? This week, maybe we all ask ourselves, how do I see myself in this story? And every day, how can I not miss the point of this story? How can I help someone today or my church today Or my friend today, how can I get out of the way of myself and quit just surviving but begin to live because that's been a habit? How can I make sure that I give God my best? And how do I give God my success? Now let me tell you as we close, I realize that success looks very different. Some people would say you're more successful because you have more money in the bank. I have a tendency to feel like you're more successful when you look in a room and you see the friends and the family that love this person. And usually I have found that that's because 
They didn't keep the grain in their barn, but they made sure that their family and their friends had a little from that barn. What is success? What is wealth? What is really wealth? What does that mean to us? And how do we become a society when the world is constantly telling us what the Tao is doing and you can't look at it anymore because if you've invested, you know you're in trouble. Some of the most successful people I've ever known in my life were the most giving people as well. The most loving. And most of the time they do it without anyone knowing what they've done. Lord, if I've gained this whole world, but I've lost my soul and I've lost the point, can I get a do-over today? Can I get a do-over today? Father, I thank you. That even going through COVID and the fear of what that could be and look like and what it was and putting life back into perspective, it's so scary. Lord, we, we're through surviving. We want to live. We're through being afraid. We want to open that barn door open wide. And we want to share what you've given us. Maybe that's our gifts. Maybe that's a little of our time. Maybe, God, that is knowledge, wisdom. to share it with those in need, God, those that need it. Maybe those, Lord, that you just ask us to be obedient to, to listen and hear. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. this song and as I was working on my sermon this week I said Rafe I want to do your song because it brought me back to the memory of what is this for why are we here we're here to glorify him amen 